0: ESPN Daily is presented by YouTube TV. Try it free today at youtube.com slash NBA23.
1: New users only. Terms apply. Cancel anytime.
2: Mark Slabaugh, tell us, where are you right now, Mark? Jeremy, I'm at the uh, L.A. Country Club Media Center, getting ready for the U.S. Open, uh, the first one in Los Angeles in 75 years. Well... That's historic, and it's
0: been, fittingly, an historic week in golf. Last Tuesday, the announcement that stunned the world of golf and beyond, can you take us
2: through that day for you, what it was like? I sat down at at, uh, the computer in my office and had a cup of coffee and thought I was going to open some emails and start to write preview stories for the U.S. Open. And I think it was about 9.30 a.m., my editor at ESPN.com, Elizabeth Ball, called me and said, are you watching this on CNBC? And I said, am I watching what on CNBC?
3: Welcome, Jay and Yasser. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you. Um, yeah. Just this picture alone is going to surprise a lot of people, <laughs> seeing the two of you together,
2: smiling. She said, uh, there's an announcement from Jay Monahan." and the Saudis, and I said, about what? And she said, the Saudis and Liv Golf and the PGA Tour are merging. And I said, are you liking with me?
3: It's a historical day for the PGA Tour and the game of golf, and it's a historical day for the PIF and the DP World Tour. What we're talking about today is coming together to unify the game of golf
2: and to do so under one umbrella. If you had called me last Tuesday morning and told me Nick Saban had taken a job at Auburn, I would have been less surprised. (laughs) And I I don't think I was the only one. Look, I was upset that I didn't know anything about it because that's my job, but as the day went on and I learned that Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas and John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler knew nothing about it as well, I kind of felt a little bit better about the situation. Fierce reaction after the PGA
0: Tour's announcement that it's merging with its Saudi funded rival, Live Golf. The stunning announcement ends months of bitter legal fights between the rival groups.
3: Many critics are looking at this and saying Saudi Arabia have bought the game of golf.
0: There is nothing classy,
2: there is nothing historic, there is nothing prestigious about what has happened yesterday. This is to do with money. You know, it was a whirlwind. I started making phone calls. And as the day ended, we were left with more questions than answers like everybody else, and it was my job to get to the bottom of it.
0: Hindsight being 2020, PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monaghan would probably like the opportunity to take a few mulligans right about now. Toward the top of his list would be using the word merger. To describe this new alliance among three crucial parties there's the PGA Tour itself, Europe's DP World Tour, and the Saudi Public Investment Fund, also known as PIF. In fact, hours after the announcement, the PGA Tour edited its own press release, preferring words like partnership and agreement. It appeared that merging had already fallen out of favor. It was just one of many confusing developments that shook the tour and the entire world of golf this past week. So today, Mark Schlebaugh is here and he'll share what he's learned about how this deal came together in the first place, why so many people are so angry about it and whether it can withstand the many headwinds and scrutiny it now faces. I'm Jeremy Schaap. It's Wednesday, June 14th. This is ESPN Daily. Mark, for people who haven't been following for the last year plus this saga, Live Golf, the Saudis, the PGA Tour, Jay Monaghan and Greg Norman and
2: Rory McIlroy and Phil Mickelson, what is it all about? You know, up until a week ago, they were sworn enemies. I mean, in the eyes of the PGA Tour, Live Golf was the enemy. I mean, they were the worst of the worst. Jay Monahan at the 2022 Canadian Open went on TV with CBS and said, nobody on the PGA Tour has ever had to apologize, you know, for playing on this tour. As it
3: relates to the families of 9-11, I have two families that are close to me, the lost loved ones. And so my heart goes out to them. And I would ask, you know, any player that has left or any player that would ever consider leaving, have you ever had to apologize for being a member of the PGA Tour?
2: The players were told over and over again that they were on the right side, that Saudi money, was blood money, and it was morally wrong. PGA Tour players heard about the Saudi monarchy's history of human rights violations. They heard about the Saudi Arabians' involvement in the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, a Washington Post journalist and a U.S. resident. They heard that all but four of the 9-11 hijackers were of Saudi descent, that Osama bin Laden The mastermind behind that attack was a Saudi Arabian. But it was just such a stunning about-face, complete 180 by the PGA Tour, and the players were kept in the dark and they were upset about it. Mark, why did the
0: Saudis from the
2: beginning want to get
0: involved
2: in golf? Well, if you talk to some U.S. politicians, including Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren, Connecticut Senator Richard Blumenthal, human rights groups like Amnesty International, 911 groups. Um, they'll tell you that it's sports washing, that they invest, they're investing billions of dollars in professional sports like Formula One and English Premier Soccer and, and professional golf, men's and women's, to sports wash, to take the world's attention off their history of human rights abuses, off their mistreatment of, of gays and, and other things. In terms of the golf part of the deal, Jeremy, I've been told time and time again, the biggest thing was they just wanted a seat at the table. Mm. They wanted to be a part of men's golf's global ecosystem. And they wanted it to be a legitimate seat at the table. And I don't think they were getting what they wanted from their 2 billion plus dollar investment in the live golf. They still seemed like outsiders They were still being treated like outsiders by the governing bodies like the USGA and the RNA and the PGA of America and Augusta National. And by doing business with the PGA Tour, I think they believe that's that's all going to change.
0: There was no other way, though, for the PGA Tour to perceive this threat than existential. I mean, they're picking off famous players. They're given guaranteed money. They're literally raising the stakes in a way that makes it hard for the PGA Tour to compete. I guess it's important to disentangle LiveGolf from the PIF, from the Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund, and how how they are connected, but they are not the
2: same. Right. Saudi The public investment fund is Saudi Arabia's Sovereign Wealth Fund, it has over $600 billion in assets. It has invested billions of dollars in many American companies, but it, with the help of two-time Open Championship winner, Greg Norman, launched the Live Golf League in the summer of 2022. They were able to lure away more than 30 PGA Tour members, but they'd really struggled to gain foothold in the US. The television ratings were abysmal for their first two events this year. And Liv just stopped releasing the TV ratings after that. But, you know, like I said earlier, I just don't think Piff was, was really getting the return on it its investment it hoped for. So as you wrote in your fascinating
0: um, story that posted Monday on ESPN.com, if anyone was really instrumental in bridging this divide, bringing these entities together, it's someone named James Dunn
2: who is james dunn jimmy dunn as he's known to his uh, friends which include rory mcelroy justin thomas ricky fowler and, and tom brady is a wall street deal maker he had an office in the south tower of the world trade center and on the day of 9 11 jimmy was playing in a u.s mid-amateur championship qualifier about 40 miles north of manhattan and that morning he had completed about four holes when he was told that a, a jet had crashed into the World Trade Center tower. It ended up killing 66 of his 171 employees, including his two of his partners, his best friend and his mentor. But Jimmy's a guy who's a was a pretty big behind the scenes official in golf. He's a guy that had broadsides together and 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 brought a bunch of deals together on Wall Street. And he seemed like a, a good guy to to navigate the PGA tours you know, path out of this. And he joined the, the Tourist Policy Board on January 1st of this year. And he, he told me that he wanted to reach out to Yasir Al-Rumyan, uh, the governor of PIF, and not to Norman. He wanted to reach out to the to the governor, the guy who controlled the purse strings directly. And Jay Monahan allowed him to do that. So Dunn comes in, he's trusted by many people
0: in the world of golf, And he says, being an accomplished dealmaker, there is a path forward. And Jay Monahan says, go ahead, try. And they cut Greg Norman, to be clear, out of the process, the CEO of Live, and he goes straight to the boss.
2: Yeah, he sent him a WhatsApp message. They talked that day for for a little while, and then done, and another member of the PGA Tours Policy Board flew to flew to London to meet Yasir in person. Uh, they had dinner that night. They smoked cigars. They played golf the next day. Jimmy Dunn told me uh, that he thought Yassir wanted to grow the game of golf, which is a term we've heard a lot over the last couple of years. Uh, he said he thought he was genuine. He thought he was somebody he could work with. He thought he was somebody he could get a deal done with. Dunn flew back to the U.S., told Monahan that, that he thought there was a path forward to some sort of a compromise, to finding peace. Dunn, Monahan, and a couple others from the PGA Tour flew to Venice, Italy, where Yasser was attending a uh, wedding. And they met early May. It went well. They laid the groundwork for what a, an alliance might look like. And then over Memorial Day weekend, they met again in San Francisco where they actually hammered out the deal and signed a two-page agreement.
0: So like many of these deals, you know, they're keeping this as quiet as possible. And it's absolutely essential that no one finds out that they are negotiating. The secrecy aspect of it, how did they manage to keep it so quiet?
2: They didn't tell anyone. The only people who knew about this deal were the people who were involved in the meetings. They kept it from the player advisory council. They kept it from the five players, including Rory McElroy, who are members of the policy board. I asked Jimmy Dunn, you know, about players being upset, upset about being kept in the dark. And he said it was the only way they could do it because they wanted to be fair to all the players. And if he told 20 or 30 who were in leadership positions, there was no way it could be kept secret. He said, every you know, players have their own agendas. Some players might have tried to, to derail the deal. He said it had to be kept quiet.
0: Now it's May turning into June. What are the final steps?
2: Officials from the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour and, and Live Golf met in New York. Uh, they hammered out a... News released, they hammered out a plan to announce it. Uh, they agreed that Yasir and Monahan would, would release it together on CNBC. The next morning, Jimmy Dunn did text Rory McIlroy and asked him if they could talk the next morning. And the next morning at 6.15 a.m., Dunn called McIlroy and, and told him the news that with the PGA tour was we'll an alliance with the Saudis. A stunning turn tonight. The PGA and Live Golf now joining forces. Ending a bitter split in men's professional golf. The deal is the latest step in the kingdom's push to become a global force beyond oil. It's triggering a backlash from some. Jay Monaghan's gonna have a hard
0: time explaining to those players why the other guys got paid and he said, no, you remain
2: loyal to us and we'll take care of you.
0: You let all these people back with no penalty and they've enriched themselves by hundreds of millions of dollars and I stayed with you and a lot of our guys stayed with you. What are you going to give us? After the break, the moment at which PGA Tour players confronted Commissioner Jay Monahan face-to-face and the fate of the so-called traitors who jumped ship to live.
1: Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you people wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first one or for your fashionista mom who likes to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate with them both. You can shop by price anywhere from 25 bucks and under to, say, 100 bucks and below. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags and more or gift lists like for the mom who has everything or even pre-wrapped gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras and Samsung Smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder.
0: So this is, you know, utterly shocking as we've discussed to so many different parties, basically to everyone who wasn't in on this, out of the blue, for the players themselves. From the superstars like Rory McIlroy all the way down to the guys ranked 200, 300 in the world. When when they find out, and they're up in Canada getting ready for the Canadian Open in Toronto, this is going down. What's the response?
2: Uh, it was absolute chaos. I mean, guys, a guy like Colin Morikawa, a two-time major championship winner, one of the top 20 players in the world, was tweeting about finding out about the most important decision in PGA Tour history on Twitter, like everybody else. The PGA Tour did sit out a memo to his players, but it was done shortly before uh, Monahan made the announcement on CNBC. But, you know, part of the problem too, Jeremy, was there was some mis-messaging from the PGA Tour in the beginning. Uh, it was called a merger with Lyft Golf. Right. And a lot of players were irate, but once— some questions were answered and they figured out that, that the tour wasn't actually merging with Live Golf, that it was more about the public investment fund investing money in this new entity. I think people's players started to figure out maybe it's not as bad it was as, as, as it was originally described. And then there's this meeting, Jay Monahan in
0: person in front of the players. What kind of things were said to Jay Monahan?
2: Resign, you lied to us. Step out. We can't trust you. I mean, he heard it all. I talked to Lucas Glover and Brandt Snediger and Jeff Oldby, you know, veteran players who've been around the, the PGA Tour for a long time. I talked to those guys at Canada last week and Lucas Glover told me he think Jay's support's pretty minimal. Justin Rose called it a hung jury or a split camp. Ogilvy told me he felt bad for Jay, but he knew Jay couldn't say much because the deal wasn't finalized. But, uh, you know, Monahan admitted. He said it was tense, it was heated, and all he could do was stand up front and take it. But the players don't get to decide who's the commissioner. No, players do not have the the power to to force Monahan out as commissioner. Uh, I was talking to Grayson Murray, who had a heated exchange with McIlroy during that meeting. He was one of the most vocal about screaming at, at Monaghan to resign. Um, you know, he said it's up to the policy board, that the policy board has the authority to to force Monaghan out. But, you know, Ed Hurley, he who's a co-chairman of that board, and Dunn, who's on the board, helped negotiate this deal with the Saudis. So they're gonna have, they'll have his back as well.
0: Let's talk about Rory McIlroy for a moment, Mark. He was the most vocal, the most visible, anti live face on the PGA Tour. For him, personally, this development, this non-merger alliance, however you want to characterize it, how has he been processing this?
2: Dunn told me last week that Rory knew there was some backdoor communications going on between the PGA Tour and Piff. He said Rory did not know the extent of the dialogue, that they were really, really close to a deal. But when he called him that Tuesday morning, he said Rory was happy that there was the potential for peace. He was happy that Gulf Civil War could be over. He knew it was a leap of faith. And Mm -hmm. Rory had said in Toronto that Dunn said to him, you know, sometimes when you got 280 over the water, you just got to go for it. So he was just asking Rory to, to to trust him and to trust Jay Monahan that this was the right thing to do. But you know, Rory did try to make the distinction that this wasn't Live merging with the PGA Tour. The,
0: the one thing that uh, I think was really misconstrued last yesterday was you know all the headlines were PGA Tour merges with Live, but it's not Live. I think that's the thing. I still hate Live. Like I hate Live. Like, I, I hope it goes away, and I would fully expect that it does. And I think that's where the distinction here is. This is the PJ Tour, the DP World Tour, and the PIF. Very different from Live. I mean, it's the PJ Tour, DP World Tour, and the Public Investment Fund are basically partnering to create a new company. If you're thinking about, some, you know, one of the biggest sovereign wealth funds in the world, would you rather have them as a partner or an enemy at the end of the day, money talks and you'd rather have them as a partner. Rory McIlroy is in a different kind of category because of his success, his stature, his wealth than some of the other players. For, for the PGA Tour players, not of his stature, who remained loyal, who bought what Jay Monaghan was selling them, where do they stand now? You know, I mean, you would just assume they're all saying to themselves, I had an opportunity here and I took a stand it turns out the people who told me to take the stand weren't taking it themselves or ultimately decided not to take it themselves. Do they just feel like suckers?
2: I, I just, I don't know how many guys outside of Rory McElroy, John Rahm, Hideki Matsuyama, Patrick Cantlay and some others, the really high profile guys, how many of those guys actually had chances to go to live golf? I mean, there were a couple of guys in Canada speaking up saying, hey, you need to make me hold well, I'm not sure what there is to make them hold forward. You know, Grayson Murray is the 232nd ranked player in the world. and He's as vocal as anything. But, you know, I, I think from, from the middle tier to the lower tier, Jeremy, I think the biggest concern is that the guys who left and took piles of money are going to be allowed to come, to come back. And those are spots and fields that, that could go to the, some of those guys who aren't as highly accomplished. So I think that's their big concern. So, what is going to happen then? I mean,
0: you know, the, you know, there were, it was like, if you go to live, right? This is what Jay Monahan was saying, don't darken our door again, right? Jay Monahan was saying, if you go to live, that's it. You're cut off. Now, there were going to be a lot of legal challenges, and there have been legal challenges about whether he had the legal right to say that. But at this point now, what what happens? With those
2: guys, all of those guys who took the money, there are more than 30 of them that were suspended by by Monahan for competing in Live Events. Dunn told me that a committee will be formed to decide potential punishment for the players on a case by case basis. And again, this is only in the in the scenario where Live Golf folds and these guys want to come back to the PGA Tour. There are 11 guys who sued the PGA Tour. Those guys are probably going to get hit harder than than those who didn't. You know, if you recruited players to live golf like Phil Mickelson did, I think that would be a, a mitigating factor against you. They're going to get hit with suspensions. They're going to get hit with fines. According to Don, it'll be up to this committee of players and administrators that'll dole out that that suspension. And then the new entity that the tour is forming with, with PIF or the DP World Tour, you know, players who stayed loyal to the PGA Tour, there's going to be some profit sharing in that. And guys who left and then come back are not going to be eligible for that profit sharing.
0: You know, I, I read that in your story, Mark, what you're talking about right now. And... It just just kind of blows my mind, right? Because part of this deal was, you know, uh, the cessation of all legal hostilities among these different entities. And so it's basically like, you know, the truce has been signed. We're working together now. But these individual players, we're still reserving the right to punish them. I
2: don't, is it just me or does that sound crazy? i mean look you are suspended for playing in events without our permission you took the saudi's money you were wrong you can come back but we're gonna punish you even though we took the saudi's money ourselves right Uh, yeah
0: (laughs) coming up jay monahan tries to explain his about face national television last year, and making this about more than business.
3: I think you'd have to be living under a rock to not know that there are significant implications. Have you ever had to apologize for being a member of the PGA Tour?
0: He then turns around and takes the money, makes this deal happen. He said it, you know, people are gonna call me a hypocrite.
3: I understand the criticism I'm receiving um, around the hypocrisy and me being hypocritical given my commentary and my actions over, you know, over the last couple of years. But any hypocrisy, I have to own. Um, nobody else, that's on me.
0: How does he maintain any credibility
2: after all of this? It's a really good question. I think it's gonna take him a while to earn back the trust of, of all his membership. And look, he's got more than a couple hundred players at his membership, so you're not gonna please everybody, but You know, in terms of the 9-11 families and 9-11 survivors and the human rights groups, I just don't know how you walk back the comments you made about the Saudi Arabian monarchy and then take their money.
3: I think about the fact that I allowed confidentiality to prevail here. And in allowing confidentiality to prevail, I did not communicate to very important constituents, including the families of 9-11. And I regret that. Uh, I I really do. Any difficulties I've caused on that front, again, I have to own that as well.
0: For James Dunn III, Jimmy Dunn, given his personal history, what happened on 9-11,
2: how did he feel about brokering this deal? I mean, after what happened to him on 9-11, losing... 40% of his workforce, losing his best friend, losing his mentor, you know, in the 9-11 attacks. He had to put his personal feelings about Saudi Arabia off to the side. I asked him about 9-11 and the Saudis' alleged involvement, and he didn't want to talk about it. He was very vocal about his feelings on the Golf Channel, and interview right after the, shortly after the deal was announced. Let's be specific,
0: okay, on 9-11. All right. Every day, the first thing I think about is that. Several times during the day, I think about it. And the last thing I think about at night is that. That has not changed since that day. I am quite certain, and I have had conversations with a lot of very knowledgeable people, that the people I'm dealing with had nothing to do with it. And if someone can find someone, that unequivocally was involved with it, I'll kill him myself. So now it's been a week since the announcement, Mark. And I admit, you know, I'm still confused. Like, (laughs) what does this mean? This new entity and the public investment fund, it lives off on its own island and the DP World Tour and PGA Tour.
2: You know, how does this all work? I still don't think we know all the answers and then probably won't know the answers until the deal is actually finalized. If it'll win, it's, it's finalized. From what I've been told by Jimmy Dunn and others, Jay Monahan's going to have control of the PGA Tour. He's going to have control of the Live Golf League. After the Live Golf season ends in November, it's going to be up to Monahan to evaluate whether or not that league should continue. Piff will make the initial investment into this new entity being formed by the PGA Tour and DP World Tour, and then they'll have the first right of refusal to make any investment in the future. That could be for things like a golf course, television network, you know, another tour, but it's solely up to the PGA Tour whether or not they need the money and want to buy something, and then the Saudis are there as a bank. Dunn told me it might be quite a while before we make an investment in something else, did not make an investment at all. So the big question to me is what did what the Saudis get out of this deal? Right, what's the answer? They get a seat at the table in golf's global ecosystem. Yasir Al-Ramyan is the chairman of the new entity. Monahan is the CEO, Yasir will get a seat. On the PGA Tour Policy Board, Dunn insists he will not be involved in the day to day operations of the PGA Tour. He will not be involved in the day to day operations of the new entity, whatever form that takes. I think, in a lot of ways, for Hell, much of it has to do with, with status. You know, he's a guy that wants to be at the major championships, he wants to be at the Ryder Cup. He wants to be at the President's Cup. This is according to people who know him that I've talked to. He wants to be standing under the tree behind the Augusta Country Club on the Thursday of the Masters, where all the other big wigs are. That's part of this deal for him.
0: So what you're saying is, I mean, this is not simply about, and there would be nothing simple about it, sports washing. This is also vanity. This is also, hey, I like golf. I run this $600 billion fund, and I get to hang out at the big tournaments if I'm the chairman.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that was part of the reasoning behind live as well. I mean, he got to hang out with Phil Nicholson and Bryson DeChambeau and play golf with Brooks Koepka. I think it's why they did F1 racing. I'm sure they're lovely guys, yeah. Mark, but it's yeah. <laughs> a lot of money to invest. Yeah, between me and you, I said, $2 billion just to be part of the grown-up table? He said, what's not his money? Mm. I said, but it's $2 billion. Chump change.
1: Yeah.
0: Mark, this, as you have emphasized, this is not a done deal. And the devil is in the details. And the devil might be in more than that, um because of among other things something called the Clayton Act what is the
2: Clayton Act the Clayton Act is the federal law that prohibits monopolies it prohibits mergers that eliminate competition it's been around for decades and just recently under president joe biden's administration the department of justice and its regulators have gotten more aggressive and going after mergers. And I talked to a handful of high profile antitrust experts around the country over the last several days. And, and to a man, they all say there is a 100% chance the DOJ will take, a, will take a really close look at this deal.
0: And it's not just the Department of Justice, as we found out Monday, it's also the United States Senate.
2: Yes, uh, Connecticut Senator Richard Blumenthal notified Monahan in a letter on Tuesday that the U.S. Senate's permanent subcommittee on investigations has opened a review of the deal in which he said the PGA Tours agreement with PIF raises concerns about the Saudi government's role in influencing this effort and the risk posed by a foreign government entity assuming control of a cherished American institution. He also notified Monahan that the PGA Tour's tax-exempt status could also be in jeopardy because of its connection to the Saudis. Mm. And that's important, Jeremy, because the entities plan on having this for-profit company together with the PGA Tour was to remain a tax-exempt nonprofit to run its tournaments, control its pension, and to its community service in the, in the locations around the country, but blow with Ball is, is telling Monahan, "Hey, if you deal with the Saudis, you might not be a non-profit anymore."
0: Mark Schlebach, thank you for your reporting on this. Thanks, Chairman. I'm Jeremy Schapp This has been ESPN Daily. We'll talk to you tomorrow.